a very patient, and we thank her, a very patient Nicole Maliotakis coming up in 30 seconds if you keep it here at JM in the AM. Wednesday morning broadcast, it's JM in the AM. We do thank her. Very patient and uh, have not met her yet, but seems like a, a really wonderful person. Nicole uh, Maliotakis is the Republican candidate for mayor of New York City. She is the person with the best chance in New York City uh, to take over uh, in January from the current mayor, uh, Bill de Blasio, here in New York. Uh, Nicole Maliotakis, welcome to JM in the AM. Oh, great to be with you. Thank you so much. I greatly appreciate you joining us. All right. Why do you want to be mayor of New York? Well, you know, the bottom line is the the city that never sleeps needs a mayor who can stay awake, who can (laughs) tackle the problems that we've been plagued with over the last three and a half years. And we know, and and this is not Nicole saying it, this is what uh, people out there are experiencing and feeling every single day, and and they're expressing their frustration with me. Quality of life has deteriorated. We're spending $15 billion more than we did under Michael Bloomberg, and yet things have gotten worse. We have a transit crisis and a mayor who refuses to work with the governor to address it. We have a homeless crisis that is epic. This past year, 39% increase in uh, street population. And we have uh, uh, there's countless issues such as uh, sex crimes that have gone up significantly, 25% increase in felony sex crimes over the last three and a half years. And the bottom line is we have a mayor who is not serious about doing the job. He has an I-don't-care attitude. I've put forward uh, multiple plans, which people can read on my website at NicoleForMayor2017.com, to deal with the homeless crisis, to deal with mentally ill, uh, to deal with education. We're going to be rolling out more proposals between now and November 7th. Uh, my family and I, frankly, think you are in uh, an unbelievable candidate. And um, and you present these issues so well. Love what you did with the uh, spotlight on the transit problems. Just loved it. Um, it. I think the homelessness issue is emblematic of what's going on in New York City. Uh, you characterize it as a you know I don't care or you know he he doesn't give uh, enough attention to it. Uh, but it's gotten so out of hand. It's so obvious to anybody, both resident and tourist, who's in the city. Uh, I just, I, it's hard for me to believe that he has not led on this issue, which is so blatant to everybody. Uh, what are some of the things that you think can be implemented on an almost immediate basis in regard to the homelessness problem? Well, I think the, the problem is, is really exacerbated uh, because uh, we're not being proactive about transitioning people out of the shelter system. Mm. Uh, we have put someone in charge uh, who had historically sued the city um, and has basically undone almost every reform that was put in place by Rudy Giuliani or Michael Bloomberg. Right. And so what we see now is a system in which they're very lax about it, they're very passive, they're not looking to transition people um, into either supportive housing or 
helping them uh, achieve vocational training opportunities, which there is a waiting list, according to individuals that I know that have contracts with the city dealing with this. Um, there's people that want to have a better opportunity. They're not helping them achieve that. They're not underlying, uh, addressing the underlying issues either of substance abuse or mental illness. One of the biggest issues is that we have uh, many people who are not only homeless but are mentally ill. Right. And we were reading about it in the paper all the time. We had a police officer who was assassinated um, by somebody who was schizophrenic. We had an EMT in the Bronx who was run over and killed by someone who was also had psychiatric issues. Uh, I've said that we need to utilize Kendra's Law more to mandate outpatient treatment. And we need to work with the governor on a New York, New York 4, which has been very successful. The agreement that's put forward by the governor and the mayor uh, previously has shown that not only does it t- save, t- it's not only the most, the humane thing to do for these individuals to get them help and help them transition into a good quality of life, be able to support themselves and their families, but it also saves money in the long run. And so we need to be focusing on that. But because we have a mayor who cannot work with the governor, um, th- that's a problem. And the people of New York City suffer as a result. We need to be also more proactive about the outreach Um you know, we need to engage these individuals to find out what the underlying issue is and help them resolve it. Because what we see is that homeless individuals, individuals who are mentally ill, are going through the criminal system uh, through Rikers Island. They have 30, 40, 50, sometimes 60 arrests, and they're not getting treated for their underlying issue. And they continue to remain a threat to themselves and the public, as we are learning with various splashings on the subway, a mace being sprayed on a tourist. Uh, uh, people being stabbed with scissors outside Salvation Army. These are all incidents of that. I put forward actually uh, a, a plan to deal with both homelessness and mentally ill, which people can find on my website, NicoleForMayor2017.com. They can read in more detail. Nicole Maliotakis with us, Republican candidate for New York City mayor. Um, the election in November, of course. Uh, there are people who are suggesting privatizing the transit system. What do you think of that suggestion? Well, I don't know about privatizing it because it may end up being um, more expensive. Uh, however, <laughs> that's true. Uh, I do believe there are various changes that can be made. Uh, you know, first of all, we need to be moving towards a communication-based signal system. That's really the main reason why we have seventy thousand delays a month. And unfortunately, politicians in the past um, have always wanted to use money to gain uh, the immediate political benefit. You know, they didn't want to invest money if the mayor a decade from now, was going to get credit for it. And that was the wrong approach. We never planned properly for population growth, for economic growth. And so we need to work with the governor to come up with a dedicated revenue stream. Uh, I've pointed out that not only are we sitting in reserves right now um, in in the city because of how well Wall Street is doing, uh, but what we have said is that even uh, the uncollected fines that are total over a billion dollars in environmental control board fines, that money could even be used towards the immediate fix, and then meeting the governor halfway, as he has requested, which our mayor refuses to do. Um, and then we have to come up with a more dedicated revenue stream. We cannot no longer require the MTA to rely on a tremendous amount of debt, because that's why we are seeing toll, the toll and fare burdens increasing on our constituents every other year. So that, to me, is not a, a reasonable option, debt. I mean, of course, you always have to have a little bit of, of it, right. uh, but you can't be focused on uh, entirely funding um, your capital plan on debt. So I think one of the biggest issues we can do in shaking up um, the, the MTA, and, and the mayor should be doing this with four appointees on the board, and certainly my appointees will be doing this, is uh, holding them accountable for these mega projects like the Long Island East Side Access 
tunnel, which is $6 billion over budget and 10 years over schedule, and saying, hey, you know, why are we, where's this money going? Why is it $6 billion over budget? No corporation could deal with a project that's $6 billion over budget. Why is it acceptable when it comes to government? And I feel that the MTA board members appointed by Mayor de Blasio have been very lax on this issue. They, they've, they aren't asking the tough questions about not only the spending at the MTA, but they're not fighting enough for the people of the city and making sure that the subway system and the upgrades needed are included in the capital plan. You're an assemblywoman, Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, east shore of Staten Island, as described by your biography. Um, you must be familiar with the vibrancy of New York's Jewish community and how we share so many of the values that you've been speaking about during this campaign. Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, look, uh, my district actually is uh, a little microcosm of New York City. Uh, we have every ethnic group, every religion, every race represented. Uh, you, you can go anywhere in my district. Uh, you can eat anywhere in the world, I should say, in my district that's only 11 miles <laughs> long. Um, so that's how uh, multi-ethnic my district is. Uh, what I will say is, as I speak to the Jewish community here in New York, uh, they have a lot of concerns uh, with the process of government. I know that uh, building yeshivas is an issue, that it's taking way too long and it can't keep up with the population growth because the permitting process and the placement is, is taking too long because of government bureaucracy that needs to be streamlined. There's also the issue of security in their schools. Right. They want to be reimbursed for the security that they're allowed to have now, and it, the city is taking way too long to, be, to do that. That's another major issue. Uh, but I think overall, the Jewish community, like every other community, is really concerned about the quality of life. The idea that the mayor is given the green light to publicly urinate in our street, to litter in the street, um, that, that, he's, he's, that people can sleep wherever they want. Squeegee, squeegee, squeegee people are back. I don't know if you know that, but if you're a, a driver, people have noticed that the squeegees are back. The sque- the, yeah, the squeegee people are back. And, uh, you know, if you walk uh, certain places in the city, you can see... A, panha- a panhandler, somebody publicly urinating, and a squeegee yep. person all within a five-block radius. Correct. And so it's a, it's a great concern, and it just shows that we are declining, not improving. And, and on top of that, uh, you know, this is a mayor who promised to close a gap in the Tale of Two Cities to lift people out of poverty. And the Tale of Two Cities is wider than ever. I mean, you, you see that um, the mayor has a cushy relationship with his friends and donors. They're benefiting in this administration, while the rest of the people in New York City continue to suffer because uh, New York City has become increasingly unaffordable. And I think that's the result of the policies that are coming out of City Hall. I mean, property tax levy has gone up 28 percent. Water bills have gone up double digit. Uh, th- these are all costs that are passed on uh, to, to either property owners or, or to the renters at the end of the day. And, and that is something that needs to end. There needs to be some type of control. So as I said earlier, we're spending $15 billion more, which is why you saw a 28% increase in the property tax levy um, to pay for that. Yet we're not getting results. Things have actually declined. So that just tells you that Bill de Blasio is a bad manager. <laughs> Nicole Maliotakis, Republican candidate for New York City mayor. By the way, Nicole, I'm sure people, uh, some people uh, point out to you what the polls are saying right now. I will point two things out to you. One is obvious that uh, we saw what happened in November in a presidential race where the polls you know, indicated you know, certain information. But are you aware of the fact, here's the second piece I'll share with you. Are you aware of the fact of what happened here in District 1 yesterday? The incumbent for city council who is a strong incumbent, frankly, won by only 200 votes. 
Uh, no, I wasn't aware. I didn't get to take a look at the local races yet. What I Mar- tell you Margaret is- Chin won by 200 votes yesterday. She was, she was almost ousted, and we're talking about a really strong incumbent, as you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what we do know is that only 11%, roughly, of the registered Democrats in our city came out to cast a vote for Bill de Blasio yesterday, which shows you that even Democrats are disenchanted. They didn't even bother to come out uh, to vote for him because they feel that um, he, he's part of the problem. And uh, the fact that his base isn't energized means uh, is very good for me. Um, and I really look forward to going to November. Our polls indicate that we're doing extremely well. The race is tightening up. Uh, we have a matching funds deadline on Monday, which is critical. And so if any of your listeners want to help us meet that goal to require Bill de Blasio to debate me twice, they can visit my website, NicoleForMayor2017.com. And all, all help is, we, this has to be an all-hands-on-deck approach to winning this election. We all need to start rowing in the same direction, and we can defeat Bill de Blasio. I uh, really look forward to meeting you. It's becoming more and more obvious to us here as we hear you speak and uh, and see you on TV, etc., why you were the choice of the Republican Party. <laughs> and uh, it's, it's really a pleasure uh, hearing you speak about the issues, and it's greatly appreciated. Thanks so much for your patience, and thank you so much for joining us here today. And And a happy, healthy, and sweet New Year to you. Oh, same to you. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, and I hope to come on again. Thank you, Nicole. Good luck. Wednesday morning broadcast. More coming up at JM and the AM. Nicole Maliotakis, Republican candidate for New York City Mayor. Thank her very much for her time this morning. Very generous with it.